Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 224. Them, a German restaurant in what he described as Greek-Norwegian, bit of everything and a popover at every plate. He pointed out the bakery and the bookstore. What I say is, a town isn't a town without a bookstore. It may call itself a town, but unless it's got a bookstore, it knows it's not fooling a soul. He slowed Tessie as they passed the library so Shadow could get a good look at it. Antique gaslights flickered over the doorway. Hinzelman proudly called Shadow's attention to them. Built in the 1870s by John Henning, a local lumber baron, he wanted it called the Henning Memorial Library, but when he died, they started calling it the Lakeside Library, and I guess it'll be the Lakeside Library now until the end of time. Isn't it a dream? He couldn't have been prouder of it if he had built it himself. The building reminded Shadow of a castle, and he said so. That's right, agreed Hindleman, turrets and all. Henning wanted it to look like that on the outside. Inside, they still have all the original pine shelving. Miriam Schultz wants to tear the insides out and modernize, but it's on the register of historic places, and there's not a damn thing she can do. They drove around the south side of the lake. The town circled the lake, which was a 30-foot drop below the level of the road. Shadow could see the patches of white ice dulling the surface of the lake, with here and there a shiny patch of water reflecting the lights of the town. Looks like it's freezing over, he said. It's been frozen over for a month now, said Hinzelman. The dull spots are snowdrifts and the shiny spots are ice. It froze just after Thanksgiving in one cold night. Froze smooth as glass. You do much ice fishing, Mr. Ainsel? Never. Best thing a man can do. It's not the fish you catch. It's the peace of mind that you take home at the end of the day. I'll remember that. Shadow peered down at the lake through Tessie's window. Can you actually walk on it already? You can walk on it. Drive on it, too, but I wouldn't want to risk it yet. It's been cold up here for six weeks, said Henselman. But you also got to allow that things freeze harder and faster up here in northern Wisconsin than they do in most any place else there is. I was out hunting once, hunting for deer, and this was, oh, 30, 40 years back, and I shot at a buck, missed him, and sent him running off through the woods. This. And that's our page. There's two restaurants in the town of Lakeside, and neither of them are fast food restaurants. To reflect on my hometown again, there are a number of restaurants on the main street of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, and none of them were fast food either. And it was something I often lamented growing up before I had my driver's license, but now that I'm in my mid-30s, I kind of get it. One place is a German restaurant, which also reflects the historical heritage of the town. There's more hints on this page that Hinselman exerts some sort of influence over the town, the whole line about how a town isn't a town without a bookstore, how Hinselman couldn't have been as proud of the library if he had built it himself, how Miriam Schultz can't change the library because it's on a status as a historical place. We don't learn everything about his influence until later on in the novel, but I think it's remarkable how subtle everything is here in this early period of time with Hinselman. The library has honest-to-goodness gaslights over the door, as well as castle turrets, which is kind of wild. But the gaslights themselves are another old-fashioned sort of detail, and I think that'd be great to see in real life. I remember the first time I read the book, I expected the library to play a larger role in the novel, like Shadow would be in the area of a library while a supernatural presence approached the danger reflected in the gaslights. But as far as I remember, that doesn't actually happen. And I think this might be more an influence of reading John Belair's as a kid. Most of the books are small-town horror, gothic horror, or some other supernatural combination of things. It's how I expect small towns to work when I read novels, even 25 years later now. The library and the description and the discussion takes up about half the page, though, and I'm all for it. There's no real historical lumberman named John Henning that I could find, and... It's funny, though, that the 
actual man of the novel here, doesn't get the library named after him even though he built it. It's simply the Lakeside Library, and I have no doubt that Hinzelman worked some subtle influence to make the name stick as well. It just occurred to me that if I were trying to pinpoint exactly where Lakeside is in the great state of Wisconsin, I could find a library with Castle Church to narrow it down quite a bit. I've been trying to find this out, and I'm not the only one. There's lots of people that have been poking at the details of the novel and now the TV show, hoping for some clarification on exactly where Lakeside is. But that's more of a question for the future, I suppose. In addition to introducing Shadow to Lakeside, this little tour also gives the reader a pretty good look at Lakeside. It's said that the lake is 30 feet below the bridge that crosses it, and that's a good detail to have. But do you remember a lake with a bridge going over it? When Shadow and Bast were having sex in Shadow's dream, it began on a bridge where Bast was indicating down there and pointed to the lake while Shadow was only really concerned with her genitals. Remember that dream. The bottom of the page is also the start of our first Hinzelman story, but we can discuss that more on tomorrow's page. But we do want to consider that Shadow has discovered another storyteller in this novel, full of storytellers, and Hinzelman is probably most like Nancy, though even that comparison will seem maybe a little bit off. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.